0: This is uh, for the culture podcast. I recorded this podcast talking about my beloved Detroit Lions. I'm standing up for the city of Detroit, all the great people in the great state of Michigan, the Great Lakes, the Mitten. It's really not an attack on a fan base. This is an attack on the ownership group. And I'm just trying to speak for the fan base frustration. I'm a chronicle the Lions throughout the weeks to come. And I'm not here if they don't make the playoffs or they have, uh, they lose a tough game in the playoffs to say, I told you so. I'm here to say that it's been 50 years of losing. Um, it's been a long history in my life, probably 37 years of my, maybe 35 years of my football life one playoff win since 1991. So it's not a moment for me to ever gloat if it doesn't pan out and the Lions fall on their face. That's not what it is. This just to chronicle my frustrations as a Lions fan. And I'll be first person to pop a cigar Cuban and some some rosé champagne if we can make it to the big dance, win or lose or we may have a great playoff run. But right now, I'm speaking as a frustrated Lions fan, a frustrated, realistic fan, and observer of all things sports. And I'm speaking for those Lions fans who are tired of losing. And I want to say good luck to the rest of the season. This is the podcast I, I did on it a couple of days ago been beefing with people on Twitter and IG, like, oh, you're not a real fan. And, you know, a couple of my homies, oh, they look good this year, man. That was last year. And I'm like, dude, we've done this movie before. I've seen this HBO movie before. It's not new. And I know how it ends. They got to give me a surprise ending. It's got to be a plot twist. So good luck to the Lions. Um, But here's the podcast. I hope you all like it trying to keep these consistent. I'm in the car right now out here in Harlem. I figure this is a quiet place to record when I don't have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old running around crazy, but I appreciate y'all. Tap in. What up, dog? It's I.O. for the Culture Podcast. Tapping in with you on October 3rd, 2023. And uh, the topic I'm going to tackle today, because I've been taking a lot of hits on social media with a lot of my friends and uh, Detroit or fellow Detroiters, shout, shout out to the city. Um, I wear my Detroit cap pretty much everywhere I go. I uh, went down to Cali, Oakland, San Francisco, had it on. Went to the uh, Oracle, see, watched my Pistons play on my birthday, had the Detroit hat on. Vegas, rep. Rep it in Miami, definitely, rep it in Atlanta. Out here in New York, and then, uh, Toronto. I love where I come from. But it's where I'm from, you know. And I'm, all I'm not always gonna be impartial to everything that comes from where I come from. I'm a diehard Detroit Pistons fan. As a kid, I wasn't even ten years old. I fell in love with basketball. Isaiah Thomas, watching Isaiah Thomas, Detroit Edison commercials, and you know Joe Dumars, Bill Lambert. Dennis Rodman, John Sally, Rick Mahorn, the Microwave, the Brooklyn Bridge, Vinnie Johnson, Daddy O, Chuck Daly, Daddy Rich—you know—and uh, I would go to the Silverstone, Pontiac Silverdome, and we would sit behind the, 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 the you know, because they had with this, I think the Silverdome seated close to ninety thousand people, probably a little more than that, but they had to put another little seating section around that. It's the dome, so the Pontiac Silverdome was a huge stadium, very huge stadium. And we would have the binoculars. I couldn't see because I was blind even as a little kid. And I remember going to see the Atlanta Hawks and Detroit Pistons play. You just saw these little stick figures. But I was happy to be there. I was just happy, you know, to go to the game and see the Pistons. And I fell in love with them. And I watched... Uh, We just couldn't beat the Boston Celtics and the Knicks at that time with Bernard King. And, um, I was still a young pup. I was still understanding the game, learning the game. I remember Bernard King put when we was at Cobalt Hall, I don't know if I saw this live on TV. I can't remember, but. I do remember it just from the histrionics of it and, and or just seeing the Detroit free press or Detroit news reading about it as a kid. He put, he put, uh, it was like game five first round and he put some buckets on us. We just couldn't get over that hump. And then we kind of got past that, but our King got hurt a little bit. Um, he was a hell of a player. We forget about him. And then we had, uh, battle. Those mighty Boston Celtics, Larry Bird, Dennis Johnson, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Danny Ainge. Those guys were the truth. Um, Casey Jones was the head coach. and We were one of the best teams in the East, but the East was so stacked back then. You know, you had uh, Larry Nance, Brad Dory, Mark Price, Ron Harper on the Cavaliers. You had Doc Rivers, Spud, Will- Spud Webb, Dominique Wilkins, Moses Malone, um, Cliff Livingston, Sidney Moncrief, and those guys on the Hawks. The Milwaukee Bucks were great. Uh, it was a little bit before my time, but I remember them having Sid- my- Sidney Moncrief. I said them on the Hawks, but I think he played on the Hawks as well. Um, Moncrief, Terry Cummings. Um, who they have on that team? Oh, the guy with the Jerry Carl they had a pretty good team. Bagley, you know, it was very solid. You know, they didn't forget about the Bulls were coming. Jordan was, was like, who the hell is this? You know, you know Magic and Bird and those guys were good. And it's just in the East. Forget the West. This was just in the East, and it took us years. And one year we were looking like we were close i think it was 86 87 somewhere in there and vj benny johnson and ad they smacked heads we were winning that game and i believe i can't remember who was vj or ad one of the two they couldn't come back in the game and we lost all momentum then the next year isaiah threw the ball away and Bird with the steal, the DJ, you know. So we finally got that game and won Game Six and eighty-eight. When the Boston Celtics walked off the court on us, yes, Chicago Bulls fans, they walked off the court on us. Yeah, Kevin McHale dapped it up with Sal and Isaiah, but they was walking off the court. Wow, that Pistons were shooting free throws. So all y'all like, oh, Isaiah, and them walked off the court. That wasn't cool. We shouldn't have done that in hindsight. But Boston did the same thing to us. And then, you know, we smacked the Bulls and Jordan for two years, and we beat Magic. So we beat Bird, Magic, and Jordan. That was a conflict. You know, we didn't win that first title when we got past, when we got to the championship the first time. They kind of robbed us game six with the phantom call. Detroit, that's why they did the whole thing about Detroit versus everybody because it seemed like we don't get our due as Detroiters, you know. You know, we wanted to – us as the girls or some of the Flyers, shout out to Cash Down. <laughs> some of the Flyers girls you'll see, you know, Delicious, Hoops, you know, all these people you see, this this is what my city represents. We some of the flyest dudes, you know. We get flies any city. And we and we cool, we we good people. So we that's why it's Detroit versus everybody, because this whole thing, like we feel like we get cheated. And I'm leading up to something. So I just wanna make sure I say that part. We feel like we get cheated. And we felt like we got robbed of that one. And uh, then in 89, we finally got over the hump in 90. We really should have had probably three straight championships, but we could have had four, but we definitely should have had three. So with that being said, the Tigers won a, uh, a championship. I was very young at this time, won a, a World Series. It was huge. I still got the newspapers uh home. My mother um, collected it. Um, and then the Red Wings dynasty with Steve Eisenman and those guys throughout the 90s and the 2000s. Um, so, you know, we, you know, Michigan won a national championship in 96 or 97. We won, um, Big Ten championships between Michigan State and Michigan. Our Detroit Shock, they won championships, our WNBA team before they were, they we're dismantled, so you know we win in our city. We're a big sports town. We're a big bar town. I, I was just there a month ago, and we're we're desperate for our Detroit Lions to to win. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I haven't been keeping up with them. Barry Sanders retired on us. He was still in his prime. He at least had a lot of good football left. That was devastating. That was devastating to our city, to our state. Pontiac, Detroit, Flint, Saginaw, that, that, we were were just hurt, we couldn't believe it. It's like, what are we gonna do now? Then Then we got blessed with Calvin Johnson. Then he retires. And be as it may be, you know, we we, we blame Matt Stafford. Cause Matt Stafford, he's a gunslinger, so he'll throw some untimely picks. But he's the best quarterback we ever had. And he decided to part ways and go to the Los Angeles Rams. And within that following season from being traded in that offseason, he wins a Super Bowl. So all the Detroit people that said it was Matt Stafford's fault, you know, they would even tell me now, watching this stuff, like Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff is solid; he's a nice quarterback. Right now, he's looking like a top ten guy, right? But and he's gone to a Super Bowl, so you know he can get you there. But the reason why the Rams got rid of him because they don't think they didn't think he was good enough to win a Super Bowl. So Stafford's peak is higher than Goff. Goff is solid. I think he's a good quarterback. Is he a great quarterback? I don't know. I think Stafford is a good quarterback, but he plays like a great quarterback a lot of times too. Plays like a bad quarterback sometimes, but his, his peak is higher. So that's why he was able to win the Super Bowl when he had the right pieces. He had an offensive line that could protect him he had a running back, he had receivers, he had a competent coach, he had a competent GM, he had a competent ownership. So I sat back, and I said to myself, you mean to tell me the guy, the quarterback, that we blamed everything on, even though our organization is piss poor in the Ford family, should sell the team. This guy that everyone's telling me is garbage, then goes and wins the Super Bowl. And you could say it could have been the MVP. Led Winning drives, which he did all the time in Detroit. Carrying our franchise. Oh, he had Megatron. Okay. yeah, Megatron. Anybody can throw the Megatron. All right. Oh, he's got Cooper Cup. Anybody can throw the Cooper Cup. Now he's got the new young guy. What's his name? Naka? Now all of a sudden he's breaking all. This. So the common denominator is Stafford. And the common denominator of losing is the Lions. I mean, I mean losing, like losing Barry Sanders, losing Meg- Megatron, Calvin Johnson, and losing the Stafford. And then firing Jim Caldwell when he was the winningest coach we ever had. In a long time since Wayne Fonts. And we fired him because he couldn't win a playoff game. Like we were some damn Oakland Raiders, or we were the Dallas Cowboys. And then we hired this other coach from New England who was unproven. We didn't we got the Looney rule. We didn't even try to look for another black coach in a city that's damn near 80% black. And we, we hired this clown who who couldn't win a again. So we regressed. Like the competency of our organization is not indicative of the ingenuity and the smarts and the hustle of the people in my city and state. And when I moved down to Atlanta, Georgia, it was this bar down the street and my homegirl Sam would know about it. It was a It was a little bar, and they had like 32, 35 TVs in there. So Saturday, you can catch all the college football games. And on um, Sunday, I would go there because, you know, the Lions didn't play local. It wasn't local TV, so I would have to go to that bar to watch the Lions game. So you got all these fan bases in here, you know, and sometimes it can get a little – people can get beside themselves because they love their teams, right? And it was this room, I love my city, I love my state. It was this room in the back, because other TVs are like 50 inches, maybe 60 inches, something, something like that. But in the back, it was this big 90 inch, big ass projection, and this white guy, cool guy, He was back there, they they said, the Lions, they go in there, they they watch the Lions in there. Our organization does not deserve to have that room. But the respect that people have for Michiganders, and I've seen it from state to state, is just like, I'm just so humbled by it. I know we're great people, you know, because we work hard. Just like anybody, like Californians are dope and New Yorkers are dope and my Georgia folks are dope, you know, but, you know, something about being from Michigan, the respect from wearing that D-cap, going to Alabama State, the respect I would get. Not on no tough guy stuff, just on some cool stuff, like, oh, you from Detroit? What's up? Hey, how you doing? And to go in that room and see, we got this 90-inch TV, with this private section. And this is a white boy. And of course, a couple of brothers would come in there and a couple of, you know, it was a very diverse group of guys. But I asked the, I asked the white guy, I said, why we get this room? Why we get this? You know, our team sucks. He said, because we from Detroit. It <laughs> was the correct answer, right? So, but we would go in there. And the Lions never really ever suck. They are always in most games and we always had a chance but we invented ways to lose like tom brady figured out how to win games we'll figure out to blow a game uh, the atlanta Fal- falcons gave me a heart attack when the, tom brady came back cuz i remember calling my people and you know, i'm live i'm in georgia living you know where i live at and uh Calling my people like, yeah, we about to turn up. You know, the city about to turn up. You know, it's halftime, Bow Wow's saying you know, doing whatever he was doing. I think the score is 28-3, to 3, and they blew that game. And has, I mean, the city of Atlanta deserves better than that. <laughs> Trust me, they blew that game. You know, they blew that game. I'm calling my people like, in the third quarter it went from being a party to being a funeral and i said this is what my lions would do to me i said maybe i'm the jinx because i'm traveling to Atlanta and i'm bringing all my bad juju down here so i say all that to say this we're a city of champions but since i've been alive the lions i am 40 Five freaking years old. Been doing watching sports a long time. I'm a relatively young man headed to being old. We won one freaking playoff game my whole entire life. One playoff game. And all of a sudden, everybody in Detroit when I was back home talking about we winning the fucking Super Bowl. Are you guys nuts? I'm not saying don't be excited about the team. What I'm saying is we have been here before. We have been here before. Oh, this is a new era. It's different. We've done that dance too. I'll admit, I watched the Kansas City game at bar seven. I had a good time. I was really happy. It was a great game. Uh, They showed me something. But then they do the Seattle game. At home. And you're like, that's the same old Lions. Although Seattle's turning out to probably be a good team. The division with the Rams, Seattle, and the San Francisco looks good. Exception of the Cardinals. And I I just sat back and I just said, I don't know what to make of this team. Because we are the Lions. We have won one playoff game. My entire life, I am 45 years old. One freaking playoff game. Some people will call me Generation X, some say I'm an old ass millennial. I like to just say I'm an ex-lennial. We have not won a football playoff game since the Bush. First George Bush. And people are telling me, my boy G, my boy shot it's different. Somebody gotta win it. I said, we done this dance before. Be excited. I'm I'm happy for him, but I'm I'm not vested into the Lions. One, they did that BS to Jim Caldwell That was the first strike. The second strike is then when he got that new coach in there and he ruined everything Jim Caldwell had built on. Jim Caldwell deserved better. He should have never been fired. And then when Stafford won the Super Bowl that same year, I was done. I said, I'm not doing this to myself. Because I live in Georgia. It's guns, church, and football. That's what's in the South. And I have nothing to ever on Sunday to be proud about. Never in my life. So I told my dog, Rock, I said, I'm red zone. That's all I watch. My football experience is great. And when I see some Lions highlights on red zones, I smile. I enjoy myself. I'm like, great. This is awesome. They scored a touchdown. Damn, they lost the game. Well, I wasn't invested in that game because my experience is Red zone, Sunday night football, Monday night football, and Thursday night game and my fantasy football. That is it. I'm an NFL fan. So there's not no knock against anybody in my city. I love my city. I support all my teams. But I, I think I had a Barry Sanders jersey when I was in. Middle school, I've never worn any Lions gear. I never wanted to be associated with uh, a losing organization or a losing mentality. I never wanted to. I'm hyper competitive. And I just couldn't put that. I can't put that on there. It was a joke last year. The Lions put an L on the top of the hat. Like who's making it? You can't make this up. Like whose bright idea is that? They robbed the fan base. We sell out every week. We went 0 in sixteen. We went 0 in sixteen. 0 in freaking sixteen. I repeat that, and we did not get blown out one game that year. But it became everybody's biggest game of the year because we got everybody's best effort because they didn't want to lose to us. It was like we were the Super Bowl chance, but we were losers. And then we finally got a game. We won a game, right? And then we weren't. We hadn't won a home, a uh, road playoff game in a while. So, yeah, so it was like, oh, we're going to win a. Finally, win a home, uh, a road. Excuse me, a road game. So we went through all these ups and downs as a franchise. I remember a Brett Far through a hail mary touchdown. <laughs> I remember Joe Montana threw a Hail Mary touchdown. Game over. Like, we get our heart broke so much. The Calvin Johnson catch, non-catch. The referees robbing us when we went to New Orleans in the playoffs. Referees robbing us when we went to Dallas. Like, it ain't all our faults. I just feel like we're cursed. And this is my frustration. I swear to God, I need to go to therapy because of, the therapy because of this team. So I am not jumping on the bandwagon because I never jumped off the bandwagon. I just said, you know what? I'm gonna sit this one out because the road is too bumpy. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm gonna be the person that's able to pave the way for a much smoother ride because I'm gonna hold the organization accountable. Because most of the fan base are so desperate for a winner. People in Michigan, people in Detroit are so desperate to see their football team win. Because our baseball team, although we haven't won one in, in a while, but we have won, we've had successful seasons. Our hockey team has successful seasons. Our Pistons have had many, even though it's been rocky for the last decade, but we've had winning seasons we've had playoff runs we're a city of champions all of our major teams play in the city of Detroit so what what what, what am I talking about here you, you guys listening to me like okay I so what alright is a bit session yeah it is so let me give you some stuff according to the analyst.com I didn't even have to do much research for this. The longest postseason droughts in NFL history. The longest active playoff droughts is the New York Jets. 12 seasons, last playoff appearance, 2010. Denver Broncos, 2015. Keep in mind, the Broncos, I've seen them win three championships in my life. Detroit, number three. Six since 2000 i didn't realize i thought it was soon i thought we had been in the playoffs sooner than that i didn't realize it was 2016. and it says after missing the playoffs for 11 consecutive seasons the lions clinched a wild card spot three times in six seasons but following the firing of jim caldwell and the disappointment tenure of matt patricia as the head coach the lions suffered Four consecutive, four consecutive losing seasons from 2018 to 2021 before missing the playoffs at 9-8 and eight in 2022. The departure of Matthew Stafford has left Detroit looking looking for a franchise quarterback for the first time since 2009, an important step in the franchise rebuilding. I don't know what, how recently this was uh, written, but it obviously has the... Um, last year's season, and it are in 2023 season. I, um, or I guess this be the 2024 season because the Super Bowl would be won in 2024. So, I mean, that's no disrespect to golf Goff golf is doing his thing, and he's a good quarterback. So, 11 can cons- after missing the playoffs for 11 consecutive seasons, the Lions clinched a wild card spot three times in six seasons that's with Jim Caldwell and now so basically that's 11 consecutive we went three times in six seasons so that's three out of 17 and then we haven't been back since 2016 17, 18 19, 20, 21, 22 23 so 24 seasons we've made the playoffs of we made the playoffs three times in 27 to eight seasons if my math is right 11 consecutive six uh, we made the playoffs three out of six and my math is somewhere in there so just that that's what we we're not winning divisions. We're, we're backing in in the playoffs, getting wild cards, by the way. Longest active playoff win droughts. Number one, Detroit Lions, 31 season. Last playoff win, 1991. After the Cincinnati Bengals, and I remember watching this game, but I can vaguely, vaguely remember it. After the Cincinnati Bengals ended the 31 Ended their thirty-one season drought with the win over the Las Vegas Raiders in twenty twenty-one wild card. Lions rose to the top of the list. The Lions have lost nine consecutive playoff games, the longest streak in the NFL. Barry Sanders led the Lions in rushing in nineteen ninety-one as Detroit crushed the Dallas Cowboys thirty-three. Excuse me, thirty-eight to six. Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl the next year, if I'm not mistaken. So these teams like the Dolphins, the Raiders, who are the Miami second, the Raiders a third. These teams have had good playoff runs. And the fact of the Las Vegas Raiders or the Oakland Raiders or the Los Angeles Raiders, whatever you want to call them guys, they have won Super Bowls or they have made some good runs. In in most people's lifetime. Washington Commanders, they had some decent runs, if not that great. The longest active Super Bowl appearance drought. Well, we're going to chalk this up to the Detroit players and the Ohio players on this one. Detroit Lions, 57 years, never have had a Super Bowl appearance. Never So 13 years before I was born, or 12 years before I was born, we weren't winning then, neither. 57 years, the Lions have never made a Super Bowl appearance. Keep in mind, we haven't won a playoff game since 1991. I think we've won three playoff games in our in our existence, but I'm not going to even do any research for that because that's just going to go a rabbit hole and make me cry. Cle- Cleveland's 57 uh seasons as well. Um but the, 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 the but the Browns have had some decent playoff runs. Um the Jets 54 seasons, they they these teams are they're struggling. Minnesota Vikings uh, 50 46 seasons. Uh, but here, uh, the Jets won a Super Bowl in 68. The Vikings won a Super Bowl in 76. The Dolphins won a Super Bowl in 84. How it, was Dan Marino must not have been quarterback then. Super Bowls. It said for our older football fans it seems hard to believe the Dolphins was one of the winningest teams in league history and the owner of the only undefeated season in league history haven't reached the Super Bowl since Dan Marino's second seasons. Okay. Let me take that back. So these are the appearances. So the uh the New York Jets made an appearance in sixty eight. The Vikings made an appearance in seventy six. Not sure if they won it and the Dolphins made an appearance in eighty four. I'm reading through this here. Most consecutive seasons without a playoff win all time. Detroit tied for third with 33. 1958 to 1990. Chicago, St. Louis, Phoenix, Arizona had the record from 1948 to 1997. Pittsburgh Pirates. The Steelers, who has the Steelers have an amazing organization. Most consecutive playoff losses all time, Detroit nine games. That's from nineteen ninety two to present. Has any American sports franchise tortured its fan base quite like the Lions? Hell, no. Despite having generational talents like Barry Sanders and Calvin Giant Calvin Johnson, the Lions have not won an NFL playoff game. Since the nineteen ninety one divisional rounds. That's the end of it. So, for all those people like I know you hate and oh don't don't we gonna hold a seat for you for the uh for for you to hop back on the bandwagon? What bandwagon have we ever been on? See, bandwagons are for winners. Have had a history of winning. What what have we ever won? And I can't wait for us to win a playoff game. I really can't. But I don't want to hear nobody talking about no Super Bowl. Win the division, which they should win, because the Vikings and the Bears suck. The Packers, we appear to be better than them. We dominated them on the on Lambeau. So. If it's any year to win it, it's when all, everybody in our division sucks. Which is not saying a lot, but that means we should win it. That means we should host a home playoff game. That's why our fan base is excited. I understand that. But you got to win a playoff game. We got to win a playoff game. We're letting the Ford family off the hook. They get a sellout arena stadium every year. We went 0-16. We have never gone to the play uh, Super Bowl. We haven't won a playoff game since 1991. We should not be going to those games much as we do because we are so desperate for a, a winning football team. But it frustrates me so much to be associated With this type of losing. I'm a winner. I've won all my life. Not everything, but a lot of things I've won at. The Lions need to win a playoff game. So I encourage the fan base to pump their brakes. And let the organization know. And this goes for the Woodward Sports. I know you, I watch you guys. You guys are hype, but you're drinking the Kool-Aid. The line, you have to be on the ownership's head. You got to win a playoff game or sell the team. That's just where it comes down for me. Get an ownership group in there that cares about the fan base. Michigan doesn't have a lot of industry like New York and Atlanta, and Texas. We have we 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 hustle harder. We work in the plants and the factories, and we you know we got cold winters, you know. So people work really hard for those every dollar they have to go to those lions games. It's not a lot to do in in, in the city when it's cold, and we brave cold temperatures to go to those games to come home at four or five o'clock every Sunday. Being disappointed is a drag in this winter. We don't get a lot of sun, it's cold. And then our football team on Monday, Scott is shaking our head. We wanna hold our head high as a state and as a city. So I'm encouraging the Lions fan base to hold the ownership group responsible and hold the team responsible. And I'm talking about the coaching staff. I'm talking about the GM. And I'm talking about the ownership. You have to win a playoff game. That's our Super Bowl. Win a playoff game. I don't want to hear we're going to the Super Bowl. I know that's nice. Because I'm just trying to tell everybody. I don't want I, 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 the disappointment has happened. This year is going to be different, I.O. I hear you. But let's watch and see because we've been down this road before. If this team cannot this year win a playoff game, they got to win the division. They can't back into the playoffs. This is their division to lose. And then we have to win a playoff game. If you if you mess around, and somehow we're on the road playing our first playoff game, still got to win it. There is no excuse, and this is toward the Ford family. If you can't get us a team that can win a playoff game, just sell the team to Magic Johnson. Magic bought the Commanders. Sell it to somebody. Sell it to the Illagers. Sell it to. Gore, I think, Tom Gore is that owns the Pistons. Sell it to somebody that wants to get a championship that's hungry. Because our fan base deserves better than what you've given us. And I'm going to stick up for the fan base, for the fanatics, for the stands. Because they deserve better. They deserve better than what we have gotten. It's pathetic. Even the Browns, for all their despair, have had some decent runs. Far and few as they may be. We deserve better. And I want to see the city do great things. I always want to see us win. But I can't stand by another losing season. And a losing season for me is we don't win a playoff game. I'm going to come back here and tell everybody, I told you so. It's okay for everybody to tell me I was wrong. I'll pop the bottle with you and say yeah and celebrate because I want to be wrong. But I ain't counting on it. I'm not holding my breath. Signing out as a frustrated Lions fan. Show me something.